Hi, everybody. This is Marna Thal with the Thin Within podcast, where I give you mental secrets for weight loss mastery. And many of you have said to me, Marna, why don't you take your weekly Facebook lives and put them on your podcast? So here is this week's Facebook Live. So today, we're going to be talking about families, being a parent, being a spouse. (laughs) And I haven't really talked that much about this when um, many of you don't know this, but years ago, I mean, I've been doing this for so long. Years and years and years ago, I was working with a woman who is amazing. Her name was Kim Hyatt. Hi, Miss Kim Hyatt, wherever you are. Miss Kim did her PhD looking at this very thing. And so we kind of came together. She was even at my wedding. We went out when we filmed this documentary. We were in a documentary years and years. This is so long ago. In any case, so what's so cool is she really did this research and she got in touch with me and was like, oh my God, this is what the research shows. This is what I'm finding. And so here we are. And I thought I would just talk to you a little bit about how to navigate families. How do you do this? What is the non-diet approach? And how do we integrate families? Or maybe you're worried about a kiddo who's been gaining weight. What do you do? So I'm going to tell you a little bit about my perspective. Take it or leave it. But you know, I've been doing this for a long time. And I can also tell you that yes, I've been doing this a long time. And it's different having kids than when I was doing this research and I didn't have kids. I can tell you it's more challenging looking at this now versus before. I wanna make sure I'm giving you all really, really good information so that you can walk away with some tools looking at how to navigate your families. So we're gonna look at this today and I want you to feel really, really comfortable to share with me, ask me questions. I wanna be able to help and be your coach for this hour, helping you navigate this information because it can be tricky and no two coaches probably have the same opinion. So I get that. I get that it can also be confusing. So let me just kind of back up and and start with the vantage point that I'm always coming from. I'm coming from the vantage point as a coach where I'm looking at a non-diet perspective as it relates to food and weight, which means I believe that if you're in your body, listening and paying attention, your body will help navigate what it is that you want and need. Okay, so that's sort of the overarching belief. I also believe that most people who struggle with weight struggle for two reasons. One is because they're overeating. Two is because there's an emotional attachment to food. So those are the main two things. Now, yes, there can be a hormonal piece as well as inflammatory piece. However, the biggest two reasons that I've seen hands down relate to overeating and relate to emotional eating, okay? So just kind of having that vantage point, I think that sets the stage from how I look and how I work with women. Now, I've studied hundreds of naturally thin men and women. I actually interviewed very casually many of these men and women and what happened was these people kind of came into two camps. And I think it's important to understand these two camps. The one camp are 
women who worked really, really hard to stay fit and thin. They really worked at it and they watched every calorie and they were really precise about what they put in their body and they were really precise about weighing and measuring food or knowing calories or specifically what their workout schedule was, okay? So that was one camp. And then the other camp were people who just did it naturally. They were just naturally thin. And I knew I had tried really being really rigid and I knew for me that wasn't, if I had to choose, I'd rather copy those that made it easy and natural. And maybe if I tried and really worked really hard and was like really, really tight with everything, yeah, I'd be down 10 pounds. But for me mentally and psychologically and emotionally, I'd rather be a few pounds heavier and feel more at peace with food and more at peace with my body and not working so hard and having it consume me every single day, okay? So let's take that perspective of looking at the people who are naturally thin, they don't work at it, they just are it, okay? So I'm coming from that vantage point. And when I started to interview those people and ask them and understand how they relate to food and their families, I wanna share with you what I learned. I think this would be helpful navigating this as a parent. I know it can be so challenging. Like, what do I do? Do I allow dessert? Do I not allow dessert? Do I give sugar? Do I not give sugar? How do we deal with this as a parent? And how do we deal with this as somebody who's part of a family structure? I wanna tell you how I work with my family and how we do it. And I have 10 areas that I, that I wanna share with you today. So one, I want my kids sitting down at meals. I want all of us sitting down for meals. We sit at a table. 1% of the time, we're in a different situation. Like maybe it's a fun movie night and we're going to go up to my bedroom and we're all going to eat pizza and watch TV or something like that. But that's 1%. All the other meals were either eating at the kitchen table or we're eating outside at a table. This allows for us to not be distracted when we're eating. I believe that a meal time is bigger than just what we're eating. It's the connection. It's me hearing how my kids' days are. It's understanding my husband, talking through schedules and what's been going on and how life is and what we need from each other, what we're struggling with. I see the meal is just not about food, but about the experience of being together. So we eat at a table. We do not eat in front of the TV. My kids wouldn't even know what it's like to not eat at a table 99% of the time. So I really love that. Meals happen at the kitchen table. Two, if they aren't hungry, what do you do? You've got a kiddo who's like, I'm not hungry, or a husband who's not hungry, you're hungry. And I'm telling you to listen to your body and eat when your body needs food, when you're hungry, but then you have a kiddo who's not hungry. What do you do? Well, so for us, we all sit down. Everybody sits down. Everybody eats together for breakfast and dinner and lunch because now everybody's together, right? But typical school, they might not be with me for lunch. Let's say if they're at camp or school in a normal life. <laughs> and so we all sit down together. If somebody's not hungry, they don't have to eat. But again, I like the experience of us being together. If somebody's just a little bit hungry, 
They just have a little bit. So we will see it in my family oftentimes that, that a family member might not be hungry and they're just sitting and enjoying a glass of water or having some tea or engaging in conversation and not having food. That's totally fine. Everybody's hunger level is different. Everybody comes to the table knowing that we're all coming to the table with different hunger levels. And so the amount of food that we're gonna eat is gonna look different, okay? So that's number two. Number three, trying over force. I love my kids to try. I love trying new foods. I love, I mean, if anybody wants to give me something I love, I love Indian food so, 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 so much. I love trying different delicacies and I want my kids to try different foods. I don't want to force it, but I do want them to try different foods because how many times they've tried something that looked that looked with their eyeballs absolutely disgusting, but actually tasted so good and they would have never known unless they actually tried it. So I don't force it. I don't say, you have to eat this. I was like, oh, will you try it? I want to see if you like it. I made this. I really want to see if you like it. And because they want to make me happy, I want to make them happy because we're a family unit, they'll, most of the time, they're so good at trying things. They've gotten really, really good at trying it. They might not like it. I don't ever force them to eat it if they don't like it. I don't have that approach. I remember being at daycare. I must have been three years old. And I remember I had to eat this spinach and their spinach was nasty looking, gross spinach. And I could almost vomit thinking about it. Today, I love spinach. I love myself some spinach in a smoothie, spinach in salad, raw spinach, cooked spinach, love it. But the way it was cooked then was so awful and they made me eat it and I hated every minute of that. I will not do that to my kids. But I do want them to explore different foods because I think it's important for kids to have different options of food, try different options. And so I encourage, I never force, force. How do you deal with desserts? How do you deal with desserts? This is a tricky, complicated question. There is not one right solution. Um, ideally, what I think is a great solution is everybody just takes a little bite of something sweet and there you go, you go on your merry way. That's what my grandparents did with my parents and that worked really, really well. I'll tell you what we do. On Monday, they go get two little bags of candy. They get to choose, I've got two kids, two little bags of candy. We share it amongst the family and it goes through Friday. If they eat it all on Monday, sorry, done. If it goes through Friday, awesome. But that's what we got. They know it, we're all aware of it. We know that we don't wanna be eating sugar and eating our faces off all the time. And we also know that having something sweet is kind of delicious and yummy and good and so we're gonna have it. It doesn't make it wrong that way in our family. Sugar's not bad, it's not wrong. It's just, this is what we have. We have two small bags, we eat it. When it's gone, it's gone, okay? Saturday, we may go out and have a little dessert or have a little something sweet, and there you go. That is how we navigate sugar in our household and dessert. You may think that is very different than what you wanna do. I'm just giving you a strategy of what I've used. The other strategy I've also used when my daughter was younger, she tends to be the one 
who loves sugar more than the rest. I mean, we all love sugar, but she really loves sugar. So one of the things that worked really well for her is I just say she had kind of like a bucket of candy that she got from like Halloween and just anytime someone would give her stuff, she just put it in this bucket. And I'd say, okay, great, have two pieces. And every day, I don't care when, I don't care the timing, have two pieces. And that worked really, really well as well. It, I didn't say no, I just said, okay, have two. You get to decide when you want to have them. If you have them early on, you had them early on. If you had them later, and we talked through it. We came to an agreement about what would work for her, what would work, what she was, what she thought was a good choice. She's also my kiddo who will also be this amazing kid and will go downstairs and start running on the treadmill or say to me, mom, I'm going to go work out because she, she's very physical and very active. And I love that about her. And I, of course, want to encourage her to continue to do that. And so that gives you some idea of at least how we structure it in my family. Okay, number five, let's talk dinners. I think as a parent, one of the things that's been more challenging are dinners because for dinners, I'll make something and one, one kiddo will like it, another kid will hate it, and it's this stress of what do you do? And so here's what we've kind of come up with. We make dinner. If it's something I know one of my kiddos doesn't like, I will add something to it so that he or she can have that thing. But we make dinner. I am not a short order cook. I'm not making three different meals. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to stress myself out that way. Here's what we got. Here's dinner. Enjoy. Don't enjoy. If you really hate it all, go make yourself something. But I'm not doing it. I made something healthy. I made something that I think is a good meal. That's it. So that's what we do for dinners. My husband and I, we both are involved in making dinners, which I'm so appreciative for. And he's been so awesome during COVID, understanding the fact that I'm home and I'm navigating everything. And so he's been so, so helpful in helping make dinners. And I'm super appreciative of that. And it looks like a big variety of things like it could be a big salad for he and I. It could be steak. It could be chicken. It could be kebabs. It could be shrimp. It could be tuna fish. It could be taco night. It could be... Um, meatless Monday night, you know, whatever. So I hope that gives you a sense of how to navigate it because I didn't want to have this headache every single night about who likes it, who doesn't like it, making this kiddo with something, another kiddo something else, and just feeling so depleted by the end of the night that I wanted to shove my face and shove it into a bag of chocolate. It was stressing me out and I was wanting to avoid dinners and so this makes it much easier and it's great when they also offer to help or they have an idea and they want to incorporate their idea. My son's been great at making soups. My daughter's great at picking things and choosing things too. So if they can get involved in the process, it helps a ton too. One, in terms of eating it. Two, in being open about this is how the whole process looks. And it doesn't feel good when somebody doesn't like something. And, it, and it's hard work when you work your tail off and then, you know, everyone's like, mm, all right. You know what it's like. So that is that. Now let's talk about number six, veggies. Veggies. How do you deal with veggies? Well, my kids love fruit. They don't gravitate towards veggies, I would say. They each like a few. They each like a few, and so we have those out. Uh, again, I don't force. I encourage. You know, why don't you try this veggie? Let's try this cauliflower rice. Let's try this. Let me add this sauce. 
I'm gonna give you a few examples, some things that I do is, one, we just try, try a bunch of different things so they can try. Sometimes we do dipping sauces so they can try different dipping sauces. The other thing that can be helpful is when they try, I really am so proud of them for trying it because I know if some of the stuff doesn't look good and wouldn't be something they would do on their own necessarily, but I'm so excited when they try jicama or they try edamame or they try different types of veggies or veggie soups or different things that I make that are weird and funky and they give it a try and I'm so proud of them when they do that. So I celebrate that by we clap. We are like super happy anytime someone's having a vegetable in our house because it's a good stuff and we know it's good for our bodies and good for our minds. So that's how we navigate vegetables. I know some of y'all's kids are like eating salads. I don't know how that happened for you. It hasn't happened in my family, but we're moving that direction. We're going there. We're, I hope at some point they will choose that based on what they want and they need. Number seven, I look at variety. I want them to have a variety of foods. I want to put a lot of different minerals and vitamins in their bodies. I want them to have a lot of different types of stuff. Anywhere from eggs and chicken and turkey sausage and yogurt and bananas and, and cucumbers. I like a lot of variety. So one, it doesn't get boring. And also so that we get a lot of different vitamins and minerals in their bodies. I also, number eight, incorporate some, we gamify a few things. So let me tell you how we've gamified a few things. If let's say you want kid, your kiddos to try more foods, do a blindfolded night. Incorporate a blindfolded night where my kiddos were so cute and they helped me do this. We had all these little, little dishes with different sauces and then they could try it. Do the same with veggies, do the same with fruit. Do the same so that it's fun. They get to try different things and then we would label it. Okay, number one, you don't like. Number two, you don't like. Number three, you don't like. Number four, you like. Number five, you like. Great. And we could see who liked what. And it was so fun to incorporate some games into things. We also love to incorporate veggies into smoothies. My daughter's really great at making her smoothie. Her smoothie looks different than my smoothie. I put a lot of grains in my smoothies and because... My son's been having smoothies since he was two, lots of green smoothies. He's developed this taste for them. He can go really, really, really green. So spaghetti sauces, we incorporate some kale and some, and some, some veggies. Different places we love to incorporate it just to make it added vitamins, minerals, nutrients for them with it being palatable. <laughs> so we incorporate smoothies. You know, we have um, popsicle forms. We have a juicer. We also have a Vitamix, but they can smoothie it. They can pour them into the molds or they can juice into the molds. And then they're getting real fresh um, veggies, fruits into those popsicles. And that's always really, really, really delicious. And even if you have kids that are like, like we do spindrift here in my family, or if the, let's say a kid wanted to do some diet Coke or Coke or something, you could have a little Sprite and fresh orange juice. And there you go. That could be, at least we're making it, we're up leveling it a little bit. And let me talk to you about lessons learned. Like if I were going to do this over again, for those of you who might be new parents or new grandparents, or you're thinking, I'm just getting started in this whole journey. Let me tell you what I would have done differently. One, if I were to do it all over again, I would have given so many different veggies and fruits from six months on. Now, my kids are 
eight and 10 right now. And so I don't know what the rules are, but when I was having these little guys, you, there were certain foods you couldn't introduce. Now they're saying introduce everything. And of course you guys know I have a kiddo with a tree nut allergy. And so I was careful and cautious, um, probably more so than, I don't know if I more so than I needed to be, but I didn't expose her to as many veggies as I did him. And he, he can do smoothies, he can do green smoothies, he can do stuff like that. He has more of a palate for it. And I think it's because I incorporate it so early and he was such a big part of making green smoothies and whatnot that it was just, I'd pick him up from school, sit him down by the blender and he'd throw in veggies and fruits and then he would drink it and he loved it and he'd help me he'd go, no, let's add this or that. And we would do that. So that's a great way to involve your kiddos in fruits and vegetables is with smoothies or with um, popsicles. But I would have exposed my kids way, way, way earlier and to tons more veggies and fruits. That would be something I would, if I could go back, that's what I would have done. Tons, 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 just keep exposing, keep exposing. Even if they didn't like it, keep exposing, keep exposing. Let me tell you some lessons that I've learned from clients. After working with clients for so, so, so many years, I wanna talk about what to do with kids, what not to do with kids and or family members as you're navigating through some of this and through your own journey with your body. One, um, never embarrass your kids, never. Never saying things like, should you really eat that in front of family or company please don't do that it embarrasses them and the second you do that they want to say screw you and go eat all of it they're going to start hiding they're going to start snacking in their dialogue they're going to start feeling like there's something wrong with them there's nothing wrong with them they may need to cut back a little bit or change things a little bit but please do not embarrass your kids don't shame them in front of company. Don't shame them in front of your parents. Don't shame them in front of friends. Don't talk negatively about their bodies in front of friends or family. This is really important to me. I can tell you by the hundreds how many clients I've had whose parents shame them, embarrass them, pinched them, weighed them daily, grabbed their fat, did awful things to make them feel awful about their bodies. And to this day, now they're in therapy, now they're working through it, now they have to rewind the conditioning that they heard. One of the best things that my parents did, no matter what my weight, they told me I was beautiful, they told me that I was worthy. They supported me if I said, hey mom, I wanna go to Weight Watchers. Hey mom, can I go to the library and go read books about diets? Hey mom, can you buy me this food? They supported me. They never criticized or embarrassed me, never. And I am so grateful to them for that, that I don't have that hanging over my shoulders. I already had enough with my inner dialogue. I didn't need my parents. 
And so please be sensitive to this. Please be aware of how you're showing up for your kids, what they need, and what you can do, okay? So this is really, really important because I feel so strongly about this. Now, I know how much you love your kids. I know how much you care about them being better than you, looking better, not struggling like you. And I know, I know this so much now as a parent that you want them to be better and not struggle. I want my kids not to struggle with weight like I have. I don't want them to struggle. I'd rather them, I'd rather be like, wait, wait, don't have that. The, the issue is this, we need to have conversations, not be critical. Just in our minds, like I teach all of you, being curious, not critical, the same thing goes to our family members. If you have a husband, you have a wife, you have a kiddo who's struggling, get curious, not critical. It feels very different to sit down with a spouse or sit down with the kid and say, I'm worried. I don't want you struggling with your body. I'm concerned with the amount of sugar you're having. I worry about you. What can I do to help support you? Is there something I can do? Because I love you. I know what it's like to struggle. And I so don't want you to be in that same situation. Is there something I can do to help support you? And they'll say yes or mom, no. You can be loving, you can be kind, but coming from a different intention versus a slap on your wrist from eating that is never going to help. When we know that most struggles with weight have to do with using food as a coping mechanism, then that's the real issue that we have to help our kids or our partners with. And I really believe oftentimes it is not our partner's role, it is not a parent's role to be the advisor of food. And I'll tell you, one of the things that in my career of working with thousands of people all over the globe, one of the opportunities I have had is to work with kids. And as much as I love kiddos and I love helping them, if the parent's not on board, if the parent is doing the direct opposite of what I'm saying, then I don't want to work with kids because I don't want to make the kiddo feel confused, unhappy, and miserable. So everybody needs to be on the same page, okay? I really strongly believe that you shouldn't put kids on diets. I believe that what you do do is model. You model eating salads. You model having healthy food. You are shopping. Your kids are not. If you're shopping for groceries and you're choosing groceries that you want your kids to eat and have in their bodies, then that should be what you present. You won't need to do a diet if, let's say, snack is apples and peanut butter. If snacks are grapes, if snacks are nuts, if you can have nuts, if snacks look like strawberries, if snacks look like dried fruit, if snacks look like um, cucumber and hummus, if snacks look like pretzels and peanut butter, right? There's all these different ways, string cheese, healthy yogurts, there's ways to get this food in your body and your kids' bodies, but you're going grocery shopping. So you be responsible and don't make it hard for your kids. 
to have to navigate, oh, well, mom just bought all these chips and all these bags of sugar, and now I'm supposed to say no to it? No, buy the things you want them to have. You're in charge of the groceries, be in charge of the groceries. Much easier way than to have put your kid on a diet than just say, this is what we have. I really, I'm really working on making sure that I'm eating healthy and I really want my family to do the same. And so these are the great things I had. I would love for you to try them when you get hungry. The best thing you can do, model, 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 model. When you're modeling, your kids are saying. They're using lots of nonverbal abilities. When you are showing up in a way that's modeling realness with food, that's modeling health, that's modeling vibrancy, that's modeling what to drink, that's modeling this, they're going to see it. They're going to see it. And that's the best thing you can do is talk kindly to yourself, say kind things about yourself in front of the mirror, be real about your struggles, share them. You can be real and say, God, I'm really struggling to like my body right now. I really want to get healthier. I really want to put better foods in my body. I'd really like to see myself slim down. You can be real about that. And it can be your reality and what's important for you. And then you can model those behaviors. Um, if you want your kiddos to be more active, go on bike rides together, jump on the trampoline together, go for hikes together, go swimming together. Don't tell your kids to be more active, but then you're not going to do anything. Now, listen, I get it when you're like, go outside and go have fun. I got to do work. Yes, sometimes that happens where you got to work. But that absolutely you have the opportunity to be active with your kids, with your family. And this leads me now to the biggest point of all is you've got to be clear of how you want to show up as your healthiest, fittest, best self. If you're not clear how you want to be as a mom or a grandma or how you want to be healthy and you can't envision it, it's going to be really hard to live into it. So all of you should have podcast 41. All have your vision. My three-part free course will go through that. Have your thin vision. Know what you're moving towards. Know what you want to accomplish and what you want to create for your body as a mom, as a partner, as a loved one. And so how do you navigate this as you're losing weight? And let's say you're the only one who struggles. Everybody else in your family skinny, like me. Everyone's super skinny in my family. I listen to my body. I honor my body. I eat foods that work for me. I don't blame my family for craving sweets or eating whatever they want to eat. It's my husband's choice what he wants to bring to the table. Or when he goes grocery shopping, he may bring a bunch of things that are triggers for me. It's my choice how I show up in my body. But having a clear vision for myself allows me to keep staying motivated and connecting and using my intrinsic motivation and a strategy to keep connecting to that part of me. So that no matter what he shows up with, no matter what he's doing, no matter what my kids are doing, it's my responsibility to keep showing up the best way I can for myself. Okay? And so just remember, as we look at kiddos, as we look at family members, the best thing we can do is model what we want our kiddos to do so that they have that modeling. 
and then they get to choose what they want to do. And you are creating the framework of a healthy, vibrant, loving, kind, safe place to be around weight and their bodies. This is so important. I want my kids to feel like they can trust me, that they can talk to me about their bodies, that we can talk about food and I can talk about my body and food as well. And we can be real about this issue instead of hiding. I never want them hiding food. I don't want to hide food. I want this to be an open relationship where we talk about all things related to food, weight, body, and whatnot. So I hope this helps you. I know I haven't talked about this before, but I thought, I don't know why, it just kept coming up in my head. And so sometimes when I keep hearing these little tings inside my brain, I'm thinking, okay, I need to deliver it. What I would say to grandparents is this, is I know you want to treat your grandkids with tons of sugar. You want to be that loving grandparent. And I would say just coordinate with the parents so that you too are setting the example of having good food, having a little bit of sugar, not making them wrong for anything that they do eat, loving them up, but that you're in agreement with the parents. Um, and working with what the parents are saying, that's going to help the parents so much more. Because sometimes I know what happens, and I hear this from some of my clients, that their kiddos will go stay a week or so at grandparents, and then they come back and they have such a headache trying to deal with food and food issues because grandparents let them do whatever, and they're really caring about their kids' bodies or weight, or they just do a whole different thing at their homes. Now listen, Kids are so amazing and they're so flexible. So if you are a divorced family, your kiddos go to dad and then they go to mom's house and they alternate between and mom is really structured with food and dad is less so or dad is structured and mom less so, the kids can navigate it. Of course, they're going to know what they can or can't do. What I will say is best as you can, if you can get on a similar page around, let's say you have a kiddo who's gaining weight or you're unhappy or you're worried about your kiddo, you know, if you can get on the same page and maybe have two, three, four things that you can be on the same page about in terms of, a, it could be just what you're going to say, how you're going to model, and what kind of message you want to give and how maybe you're going to show up at meals. Like, are you going to point out, oh, you, are you sure you should eat that? Sure, should I have another bite? I can't tell you how many clients I've had over the last several decades that have said, God, my mom used to just embarrass me so badly or point out food like, really, should you eat that? Are you sure you should have another one? And it made them not honor their body. It made that food have so much more importance. And then they started to sneak food and eat food in that way. And I don't want your kids doing that. I don't want your grandkids doing that. I want them to feel like they can come to you and have really powerful conversations. And so that's what my daughter did. She came to me and said, hey mom, here's what I think would work really well, is I think we start with two bags and we see how we do through Friday. And that's all we get. And then if we go, you know what? That was too much, we go back, we go to one bag. Okay, awesome. She's the one helping navigate this and I really respect her for it. She's right here and I respect her for it so much. What happens when there's no support? Okay, I wanna know a little bit more what you're saying. When there's no support, like you're the only one in the family who's trying to model something healthy 
or you are with it could go so many different ways like you could have a partner you could have a husband who doesn't care what he eats and he's just like whatever it doesn't matter what the kids do then it's up to you to just be the model for yourself and you just do the very best or do you mean like you have a husband or a wife who points out things like Ooh, should she really eat that? Then if that's the case, if you have a partner that points this out or a parent who points this out, then it's important to have a conversation. Yeah, it's important to have the conversation with them that pointing it out is only going to make the matters worse. Pointing out good behavior is going to make the situation better. So things like, oh my God, I'm so proud of you for eating that vegetable. That makes me so happy to see you put new vitamins and minerals in your body. I had a friend who had little ones and she would always call it muscle food. Like that is such good muscle food. Awesome job. You're really building up your muscles. Really bringing in these areas of reward and recognizing when our kids do really well, like when they choose foods that are so good for their bodies and when we're really proud of them to acknowledge that and to lessen the energy when they're eating foods that that aren't as good for them. And I know, I, I thought this was gonna be so easy. I'm a weight loss coach. Oh my God, it's gonna be so easy having kiddos. I'm just gonna let them eat whatever. They're gonna listen to their body. And then even still, when I see like, okay, can you please have something healthy? Can you please eat something that has some nutrition value, please? And then if I can then follow it up with, hey, listen, I love you so much. And I do wanna make sure that you're eating some foods that give your brain and your body good nutrition. It's about being that model and saying, can we do chicken? And it's about me sometimes being the one who's like, here's what I'm making. And it's super healthy. Enjoy. Um, my husband's happy also to have a big old salad with some beans and chicken on it and be happy about that. He doesn't really care what we eat, but so he's happy doing salads. He's happy following whatever that looks like. And he knows what I want to eat. It's been so many years now. He knows that having some really good protein and good quality fats is what I try to do at most of my meals because it makes me satiated and it makes us feel good. Or otherwise, two hours later, we're all hunting for food. And so we want to be satiated. Hubby does not care what we eat, likes fast food. Mom is the one who criticizes choices. This is a tricky situation. You're kind of squashed in between these two worlds. So... We can like fast food. We have fast food here in my house, whether that's good or not, whether you won't judge me or not. We have some fast food here in my house. Um, what I do is I typically have a salad. Sometimes a hamburger sounds good for me, but typically I'm having a salad. We don't do a ton of fast food, but we do fast food. Does mom need to know about where you go to eat? That would be one. Mom doesn't need to know. Um, hubby doesn't care. So no, you have to have a conversation with hubby. What's the middle ground? What is that going to look like? What do you want it to look like? So first, I want you getting really, really, really clear of what you want it to look like. See how that shakes out in the wash. I mean, you, there's only so much we can do. What I would say is let's take care of you and you be the model and not make yourself nutty, crazy about it but coming up with maybe some systems that really work for you and your husband that he can get on board with. I think that would be a really good strategy. 
Michelle, you say, I realize I was saying some of these things when I when my grandkids stayed over. I will use your ideas on them instead of telling them no desserts unless they eat everything. So many people do this. And listen, you may go, hey, Marna, I don't care what you say. This is what I'm going to continue doing. That's fine. Here's what I can tell you. I've literally worked with thousands of women who then tell me I was told to eat everything on my plate so I could have dessert. And so now I struggle with having and I want to eat everything on my plate and have dessert. I'd much rather your kiddos eat until satisfied and then have a couple pieces of chocolate and be done. Having to eat everything on our plate means that basically we're going to bypass our natural body's signals that tell us how much to eat. You wouldn't tell your kids or grandkids, just giving a different visual um, of this, like go sit on the toilet and I want you to sit there until you're done pooping when they don't have to poop. Right? No, you just keep sitting there. I don't know. You be there for five hours, whenever it takes, just until you defecate. It's kind of the same thing. We don't want to just keep saying, eat, 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 have all of it. And then you get rewarded for eating all of it. You could be like, have one more bite of something healthy. You can always do that. Let's just have one more bite or two more bites of something healthy. And then we'll have a little, and then we can have some whatever if you have dessert for dinner. The difference is, is you're encouraging your kids and grandkids to listen to their body, to eat some good quality food, and then we have a little bit of dessert. Maybe. Some of you say, don't, I don't want to do dessert. I want to leave dessert for just Friday and Saturday nights. Or we don't do dessert at all. We don't do any sugar. That's totally fine. That's totally your choice. But I just wanted to give you a framework for how we do things how we navigate this. I'm certainly not a child eating expert. I am a mindset expert. I am definitely aware of what things have happened to adults as children and how that impacts them from a food and weight standpoint. And so knowing that has informed my decisions about how I relate to my kids. And that I just wanted to share with you today because it's a topic that I think is important to share. Look at this, take one idea and implement it if it resonates with you. This is a very personal situation, a personal way to raise your kids and grandkids. And I recognize that you might have a similar opinion or something very different, but I just wanted to share with you what I've seen, what I've learned, and what I do. All right, everybody, have an amazing, amazing day. If you have a mom, or if you are a grandma and you know other grandparents that are struggling with how to navigate food, hopefully this provides some information that they can use. And I would really love it if you shared it, share it to your Facebook group, share it on Facebook or Instagram. Let them know that this is an option if they have a kiddos and they're not sure how to navigate the food situation. All right, everybody, wishing you a beautiful, beautiful day. Bye.